Hello, and welcome to the Influence Change at Work show. I'm your host, Heather Stagel, founder and change facilitator at Enclaria, where you can accelerate your influence and overcome obstacles to change so you can make a bigger impact in your workplace. Today, my guest is Erica Mukherjee, who joins the show to share how to build change capability through change agent networks. Erica is a consultant and founder of Change Leadership Advisors. For more than 25 years, she has made change leadership accessible and practical for the people involved. Over the course of her career, she has worked at Cox Enterprises, North Highland, Leadership Strategies, Computer Sciences Corporation, and Ernst & Young. While she was at Cox Enterprises, Erica launched the Cox Change Community in 2015 for employees who wished to connect and learn more about change leadership. The community grew from 16 people to more than 100 across companies' businesses in four years. She's here to share the lessons from that experience. Erica, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you, Heather. It's good to be here. So let's just start with the basics. Like, what is a change agent network and why would you even want to create one? Well, I think of a change agent network as a way to create a movement for your change within the organization. It's a way to make it go viral more organically than traditional change plans can. And your network can help you build credibility uh, and employee commitment to the changes coming. Plus, it, it gives you insight back to the project or change team so that they can plan what's most useful to get people ready for the change. A change agent network, it's a selected team of influencers who represent parts of the business that will be impacted by the change. Network team members typically have influential power rather than hierarchical or authoritative power. And they're brought together to help us build ownership of a change outside of the project or program team who's implementing it. And in some cases, you may even have a change agent network that isn't associated with a specific program or project. I've seen uh, in certain functions like human resources, IT, or even an operational team where they want to keep their finger on the pulse of employee sentiment about how well that function is working, what they're doing to support people, and what else might be needed so that they can really see how new services might play to employees when launched. So you can use it for projects, programs, or it could be more of an operational uh, function. Okay. And so when you were at Cox, what was it? Was there an, an event or a project that you said, hmm, this would be really useful? Or, you know, what was the impetus for starting this change agent network there? Yeah, for there, we had a major um, program that was changing how we managed our talent. And this was done in my early uh, part of being at Cox. And we were doing kind of an expansion of that in the later times. And what we discovered is uh, with as in many situations, we only had so many resources working on the team, working on the change team, and we needed to be able to expand our reach. And we needed to be able to have the voice of the people who actually were going to be impacted. So that's what drew us to start thinking about how can we get those voices so that what we're doing really has the, the feel of the people um, that it's impacting. So that's why we did it there. And uh, began to reach out to form that network to help us both with the original program and then more recently the transformation that our human resources, which we call People Solutions team, has been going through to get uh, those different perspectives, to get those voices 
and it's it's two way. So we want to hear from them, but we also have information we wanted um, at Cox to take back out into our field. Okay, so was that change agent network? Was it kind of the same people over time? You know, given the flux of people and organizations, but was it sort of that core group, or did you recruit new people for different projects? Yeah, typically when putting together a change agent network, I find that it's useful to to set a time kind of a time limit um, of what you're recruiting for. You know, often people are doing this uh, in addition to a day job. And sure. I, I find that it's important to say, you know, let's let's bring this group together for a period of time. And particularly if you're using them for a more operational purpose. Um, so, for example, um, a year is probably you know, 12 months is probably the upper limit of having a particular group together. And depending on the culture of the organization, you may even choose to do six months um, to get that opportunity to have different perspectives flow through. I have seen um, longer term ones and they work. Uh, Again, it it depends on the culture and it depends on the commitment of the folks. Uh, When I was first when I was first putting together the one at Cox, it was a bit of a new concept in the group that I was working in. And so while there was excitement to be part of it, there was a little hesitancy for, wow, how much time is this going to take? And so we said, hey, let's do it for a year and then let's, you know, give people a chance to re-up if they want to. Yeah. Okay. So who should be part of a change agent network? Who do you, who do you recruit for this? Yeah. Uh, so there's a number of characteristics. Um, you know, as I mentioned, a, a good change agent usually has influential power instead of the hierarchical power. It, we're looking for people that other employees listen to and trust. Um, these are the folks that when something's going on, you know, people look to them to say, what's really happening? Um, <laughs> change agents, to me, need to, they need to be able to see the opportunities that come from the change and be able to communicate about them in a positive and and persuasive way. And at the same time, demonstrate empathy for the people who are really trying to make sense of this for themselves. I find that really good change change agents, they're knowledgeable about their company's culture or their organization's culture and can help identify how that culture might support or be a barrier to the change. And so as I'm putting together networks, you know, you can include people who are new to the company in your network. I would recommend balancing that with enough tenure that you're going to be able to understand how culture plays into it. I think um, comfort with ambiguity is important. Part of the role of a change agent is being able to operate in the gray so that they can make sense of it for others. Um, and I think that as I'm seeking those characteristics, I, I will look for them in parts of the organization that might need additional support to get ready for the change, parts of the organization who are typically ahead of the curve in adopting change, and folks that might have volunteered previously for strategic initiatives and to be involved. Um, And then I I also want to look for people who are already demonstrating the behaviors and the actions that we want to see as we're making the change. Makes sense. Well, I've seen organizations that, you know, maybe they look to a specific role, like they're uh, human resources business partners or somebody like that to sort of be the network for change. And so I'm curious, like, who were some of the different people 
you recruited for this change agent network? Where did they come from in the organization? Sure. I've seen, I have seen um, opportunities where we may have had a couple of different layers of network. So for example, um, when we were recently working on that HR, HR transformation, I mentioned we started with a leader-driven network because there, and given the organization, we needed to give credibility to our early efforts. And because the organization operates in, in somewhat of a hierarchical way, we needed this important step to gain kind of gain authorization to start, if you will. And then we looked at two other key groups of people that we needed to engage. One were the HR business partners. They're important for us because in most cases, their client leaders and employees look to them for information and cues about how to respond to what we were rolling out. Mm-hmm. And having this team engaged and involved early was really a key to success with the rest of our stakeholders. So we started kind of with a thin layer of leadership and then moved to our business partners because we knew we could leverage them. If we got them to buy in, we were uh, headed down a good road. And then as we proceeded, we knew that to more broadly, uh, you know, to get a broader perspective of the organization, we needed to go more into the field and not just kind of stay at the corporate level. And so field employees were our next kind of body of folks that we wanted to reach out to. And so um, to make sure we weren't losing touch with reality of the actual work <laughs> that our company does <laughs> with our yeah. external customers. Um, and so we wanted, yeah, you know, it, it's helpful. So we wanted to get people in the field who would be able to give input and feedback on what we're doing so that it makes sense to all the employees. You know, we at corporate might've thought that our philosophy and our great vision, you know, made a lot of sense. When you look out into the field, sometimes they're they just want to know what what do I have to do differently? You know, what is changing specifically for me and my team and the way we work with them, uh, you know, maybe a little bit different. We need to put a different perspective on it. And so getting those groups of employees involved is important. We might even leverage the HR business partner network to help us identify which of those field employees might be good candidates to be part of the network. Uh, I will say that regardless of that approach, as you're seeking these people, it's really critical to engage with the individual's uh, manager or leader uh, as you're making your selection because it'll save you a lot of headaches later. (laughs) Most organizations that I've worked with, both at Cox as an internal consultant and as external consultant prior to that, the preference is to have the leader or the manager know what's going on, especially if their employees are going to be involved in some sort of extracurricular activity beyond the day job. So kind of getting their agreement and buy-in and then being able, either they'll talk to the employee or you'll have maybe a, a warm introduction, so to speak, to reach out and begin building that broader field change network. Okay. So once you've identified some of these individuals who you'd like to recruit, how do you go out and recruit them to be part of the team? Yeah. So I, what I have done is I speak with the leader of either the department or if I'm doing this by stakeholder group, um, I will sit down and talk with those folks to request the participation of their people. 
Um, and in addition to helping kind of prevent the headaches of engaging folks without their leaders knowing, it gives me the chance to start communicating with my leaders about the change. So, you know, in making this ask for the network, I'm getting the opportunity to describe the change that's happening, uh, the role the network plays in bringing that change to life, and, you know, sometimes even how that network fits into the overall change strategy, which for some leaders, they're not as familiar with change leadership, change management. So it gives me a a bit of an education opportunity. I also can start to understand where my leaders might be, you know, might fall on the continuum of change experience, as well as level of support for the change that we're doing. Um, You know, I developed a change network within a division of a company undergoing you know, dramatic process and, and technology change. And as I spoke with the heads of the department to form the network, I discovered that we had real gaps in understanding what the change meant and, and its perceived priority, uh, as well as the gaps in understanding, um, you know, not only what the change meant, but what change leadership was, that it was more than just training and communication. So that really gave me a jump start on my action planning work for leaders, as well as helping me build the Change Agent Network. Okay. And I'd say too, you know, following up on that, once I've had that initial conversation with the leaders, it, it can go a couple of different ways. I have had, um, typically when I, when I talk with these leaders, I try to keep it conversational. You know, I, I don't bring in a huge deck of PowerPoint slides. I'm trying <laughs> to talk with them about what's going on and how I want their um, themselves as well as their teams to be involved. And so while I may have a leave behind, a little presentation or a couple of slides as a leave behind that maybe they can then go talk to candidate uh, change agents, um, I don't use it as the main part of my, you know, of my conversation. Once they have um, kind of given me the green light and we've agreed whether they want to talk to their folks first or, or whether I will, um, you know, then I begin to follow up directly with the individuals to get them ready for a kickoff. I think that's, you know, an important part of the process is as you're putting together your network, figuring out now that you have your, your people identified and you've gained agreement for them to be part of it, giving them a real solid jump off point for participation in the form of a kickoff or, or other kind of gathering, I, I think is useful and and in fact, maybe critical to, to getting that process started. Okay. So it sounds like you've been pretty targeted as far as, you know, going out and finding the people that you want to be part of the change agent network and then uh, recruiting them specifically versus, say, like putting out an invitation across the enterprise to say, hey, we're doing this thing. Does anyone want to be a part of it? Did you ever do anything like that? I'm curious. Or is there yeah. a reason you avoided that if you didn't? <laughs> so I think, too, you know, going back to the notion of wanting certain characteristics in your change agent network, wanting influencers, uh, wanting people who tend to bring uh, a positive kind of a positivity to the notion of operating in the gray, who could communicate and be persuasive. So I, I think that I tend to be more targeted because I am actively seeking certain characteristics. Um, there are situations where, you know, you may do a reach out more broadly uh, to develop a pool 
from which you can then look for those characteristics. So that that is another approach. I, I tend to be a bit more targeted. Um, for me, as I look at my stake, key stakeholder groups that I know are the people that are going to be impacted, that I really need to have on board, I start with those groups to, to narrow down my focus of where I need to, to get to build my network or get representatives. And then I can start having the conversations to find out who might be those people. I, I sometimes also, depending on whether I'm coming in externally as a consultant or I'm internal as an employee, I talk to the project team. You know, at times they know. Um, if, we, if you have a well-represented project or program team um, who's coming from the business, coming from the functions, they can sometimes give you some insights into where you might find these influencers. But if you're going to send kind of an all call, if you will, um, I think you, you have to be prepared for what are you going to do for the folks that you don't choose? How are you going yeah. to, yeah, how, how are you going to figure out among the, you know, a couple hundred or, or so that you might get as a, hey, pick me, how do you pick the ones who are going to be part of the network? And then how do you continue to engage the ones that you don't choose for the network? Um, because you don't, you know, you don't want to ask people for input and involvement and then reject them. Um, right. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Change networks, I think, can be, you know, the size of them will vary based on the size of your organization that's being affected. And I, I do find, though, that you, you have to watch out how large it gets, because then you're, you know, if you're trying to use your change agent network as a very, um, you know, as a tool, as a lever to bring feedback and input into a team and then have communication and, and other uh, information go out into, you know, the broader organization. If you have too many people, those messages can get distorted. So uh, you want to balance it a little bit. And, and that's another reason why I tend to go pretty targeted. Okay. So you've got this group of people you've identified to be part of the, the change agent network. Then, you know, how do you prepare them? How do you get them ready to do the role that you need them to do? Yeah, we're, we're asking a lot of the people, you know, we, we ask a lot of them in this role. We want them to, you know, represent their organizations or teams to the project and vice versa. We want them to learn about the change. Uh, we want them to get, you know, solicit feedback from their peers or others in their organization and, and bring that back to us. We want them to have a point of view on how effective we are in the work that we're doing with our program and change activities. We want them to support us and we want them to attend kind of regular, you know, gatherings or meetings to, to share and receive information. So there's a lot where we're asking of them. And so we need to help them get ready um, and, and have the right resources. So the actual resources can vary what some of the core elements that I want to be sure my change agents have. First and foremost is a really clear understanding of the purpose of the change that we're you know, going after, the, the why for that larger organization. That way they can help us translate that why into something more meaningful for their own teams. Um, I want them to understand clearly what does it mean to be a change agent? You know, what can they, what, what is it that is expected of them in terms of roles and responsibilities? And what can they expect from the change lead for the, for the program or for the function or the project team? So just really clearly defining those. I think too, I have provided 
um, and, and part of this, you know, as an incentive to be part of a change agent network, it's, it's often a development opportunity for people, a chance to grow themselves professionally. So to that end, I like to make sure that they have access to some general change leadership education. So they understand, you know, what is change leadership or change management? How does that fit into the larger um, strategy of implementing uh, the, the change? How does the role of the change agent fit? And then I also have found in a couple of cases, I have some really strong future change practitioners among mm-hmm. the team. So it becomes a bit of a, of a you know, foundation ground to find some of our future practitioners. That's where some people and, find a passion for it. Yes, I yeah. agree. Absolutely. And so, and, you know, I will, I will do whatever it takes to nurture that passion and, and <laughs> having them play this role. Um, I, you know, I like to consider creating a, some sort of a package for these folks that they can take back with them. What I have found is um, as soon as they're on the changing change agent network team, their kind of home teams, home groups start wanting them to share information. And so I, I like to have something really tangible prepared that they can take with them. It could be talking points about the change, you know, the why, uh, the logistics of it, when it's going to happen and, and what does it mean. Um, I also like to have a couple of very crisp, well-designed slides that illustrate that change more graphically and support those talking points. Because typically I find one of the early um, kind of assignments of our change agents is they're asked to go back and talk in a staff meeting or a department meeting to kind of start the ball rolling of, of creating some awareness of what's going on. Um, I also like to give them um, again, a very high-level graphical representation of what are going to be the opportunities throughout this change effort, this journey, for employees to get involved, you know, so that they can start creating some uh, engagement and involvement more broadly than the project team. So are there opportunities for overviews and demos? Will there be design reviews or user experience testing that we'll be able to get folks involved in? What does training look like in coaching? You know, are we using some sort of gamification approach that our broader group of employees will be able to participate in? So if they can be able to see themselves as change agents, what's coming up, they can better communicate that. And then, you know, finally, as we meet, and I I typically meet monthly uh, with my change agent network. It will vary by project. Uh, You know, if you have a bit of a slow burn on your project and it's longer, you may choose to meet less frequently in the beginning and then amp it up as you get toward the end. Uh, But monthly is about average for me. And I usually have very specific assignments for my change agents to complete. Um, I, I give it in one month to be due the next month and have them come back and talk about it. And some of these you know, can be very tactical, such as please go share information about the change with 10 colleagues over the next four weeks, or take a pulse check within your department or team during, you know, a staff meeting or one-on-one, you know, what do they know about what's going on? What do they think we're trying to achieve with it? What benefits would they find? What concerns do they have? And then bring that information back to the network. I also have them uh, preview some of our materials and messaging. Um, I had a situation with one change agent network. We had put together key messages that we were getting ready to roll out. 
in the form of our you know, communication events and materials. And we shared it with the Change Agent Network and said, hey, what do you think? And they really hated it. <laughs> <laughs> that asked, is good to know before you send it out to everyone. <laughs> it was very helpful. They were not impressed. And in fact, very few of the messages resonated with them. And to, to them, they said, you know, this sounds like corporate speak. Uh, this sounds like consult speak. This sounds like <laughs> HR speak. And so, you know, we thanked them first. <laughs> we had our communications lead in with us. And so we did a small activity where we paired them up uh, and, or trioed them up to say, given what you know, because they did, they were very aware of what was changing. We asked them to develop a couple of their key messages. We asked them to develop a couple of key messages themselves that they thought would better resonate kind of coming from their perspective. And then we shared out with the larger group. And what happened is that some of the, some of the folks, when they heard the recommendations of the other teams said, yes, that would resonate with my department. That would make sense for my team. And so instead of, you know, First of all, we saved ourselves some headache. <laughs> Second, um, we got messages that really resonated and we were able to multiply kind of our impact um, by having these folks share with each other. We could see which messages really rose to the top. And I think we had better communications uh, because of it that were more relevant. Sure. And the people who are delivering it have more ownership of it since they helped Absolutely. create it. So that would be helpful too, I bet. Absolutely. And then we could go back after we you know, either had the event or delivered the message or, you know, uh, did whatever we were doing to say, okay, how did that land? And it built even more uh, ownership and credibility with these team members once they started to see the impact they were able to have. So that was, I I think that was exciting and helped them uh, really solidify what this role could be, uh, if you know, as they were putting the effort into it. Okay, so as you put together these change agent networks, is there anything that you found just doesn't work or, you know, maybe anything, any learning that you can offer anyone who's trying to put this together? Yeah, um, a couple of them. And I think of it a little bit as some do's and don'ts. Um, So I I have a a couple thoughts on, on both sides. Okay. First of all, don't start a network when there's nothing for them to do. (laughs) Um, you know, they, they lose interest and it makes this effort feel more like you're just checking the box on a change plan, which makes it harder to engage your network when you really need it. So, you know, tie your, it it does, it takes time to recruit, to identify and recruit, certainly. So get that going. Um, but tie the kickoff to, a point in your effort where there's going to actually be some things for them to start doing in the near term. Um, Don't count on the network participants to make change adoption happen all on their own. You know, most of these folks, they're not necessarily seasoned change practitioners and, you know, they'll need more training, coaching and other support if you're expecting them to do more in-depth change leadership. So, you know, I think, having very solid expectations of what they will be able to accomplish and the kind of support that they will need uh, to do that. Um, I think I said earlier, you know, when you're having the conversations with the leaders, 
you know, do keep that conversation, that discussion conversational and don't sit down with a bunch of PowerPoints, um, you know, to have it, but perhaps have a couple of crisp slides that you can have as a leave behind. I think, too, a, a big do is decide on the purpose of your network before you put it together. Often a change network is charged with figuring out how a change is best rolled out to people. How do we best prepare people? And isn't necessarily on providing feedback on what the change itself is. If you do decide that you're going to use a change network for more of a design-based purpose, or you want to use them for both the what and the how of the change, be really clear about which hat those participants are wearing so that they're not wasting time you know, trying to change what's happening. They can focus more on how it will happen. Does that make sense to be, yeah. to be really, really clear? Um, I think holding a, do hold a formal kickoff because it gives them, um, you know, you're building a team here and you want to build them as a team, have them work together and support. Um, and so having kind of that formal bringing together of the team, whether it's in person or virtual, I think is important because they're going to have to work through their own feelings about the change too. Right. Even as they're, you know, as they're helping their, their colleagues and, and leaders um, through it. And I think a final one, you know, do consider letting your change agent network name themselves. Um, I think of, you know, as a, as a way to create some team culture, um, you know, having them once, maybe not at your initial kickoff, but once they have a little bit better grasp of what they're trying to do and what they've been charged um, then I think it can be an interesting activity to create a name together. Uh, some of the more creative names I've heard are, you know, first followers, culture nudgers, change trackers, change catalysts. You know, the, the options are pretty broad. Yeah. And I think giving them some of that ownership and power, um, you know, in addition to being kind of fun, it can be a useful, I think, team building opportunity for them. Great. And for the person who's listening who says, this sounds like a great idea, we should do that at our organization, what are their first few steps that they need to take getting to get it out of the gate? Yeah, great question, because <laughs> there's a lot. Um, but, you know, take that first step. And I'd say first, it's really understanding who's going to be impacted by the change that you're making, who's going to have to do something different. And so you use what we call a stakeholder assessment to identify what people need to do differently, how big a deal it is, you know, what they're going to think about it, and what we want or need them to think about it. And then from there, you can start to see where it might make sense to get representation in your network, which groups are going to be heavily impacted. And you may want to have someone more embedded in that impacted group to help you carry your messages across, to give you input and feedback on how we're preparing people. Um, I think then, you know, as I mentioned, figure out what you want to accomplish with your network. What is the purpose of it? So that the people that are working in it really understand why they've been brought together and how that fits into the bigger picture. People, you know, in addition to knowing the why for the change that's taking place, People want to know the why, why they're giving their time to come together in this network. And then I think, you know, once you know kind of which groups and, and you may want to source your, your folks from, 
Start talking with the project team about key influencers they're aware of. Start the conversation with some of the leaders and managers of those stakeholder groups to begin to identify. And and I'd say, too, it's okay to start small. You know, um, test, test and tweak and then build some more. You, You don't have to necessarily, especially if this is something you've never done in your organization before, you don't have to build you know, a hundred person strong change agent network on day one, start small, get some representation, start to understand how that uh, change agent network is going to play within your culture. And then that will give you some great learnings and insights for how you, you may need to grow it in the future. Great. So if people have questions, where can they learn more? Uh, I'm happy to answer any questions folks have. Um, You can send me a note at Erica M, E-R-I-K-A-M, at changeleadershipadvisors.com. Great. Well, Erica, thanks so much for sharing your experience, and I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much, Heather. It was great to be here with you. And thank you for listening to the Influence Change at Work show. If you'd like to find more resources to help you influence change in your organization, including individual coaching, team workshops, and upcoming training events, please visit enclaria.com. While you're there, be sure to download the free change readiness assessment to find out if your change initiative is set up for success. Until next time, best wishes on your change initiative.